0: Welcome to the Golf.com podcast. What is up? I'm Sean Zock. Across from me in studio, the first time in studio at our new office in midtown Manhattan is Dylan DeChair. That's why we haven't been publishing any podcasts, because we made this move from down to Manhattan to midtown Manhattan. All the equipment purchases and everything has been just slow. It's been a slow grind, and now I'm flying to the British Open in like three hours, and uh, I don't have anything prepared. I haven't packed yet. I really got to get going.
1: Things are moving. Life is coming at me fast. Very fast right now, but in a good way. Yeah. I'm jealous. I'm going to be manning the ship from uh, Midtown Manhattan in our offices next week uh, while you're exploring the British Isles. And uh, I'm just kind of wondering like, what you're thinking of the whole thing. I know a lot of stuff is happening, but have you had a moment to kind of look ahead and say,
0: I'm, scared. I'm, I'm fired up for this. I'm scared because I have to drive on the left side of the road for the first time in my life. So you're actually going to be driving. You're renting a car, doing and the whole. God, thing. I have an automatic, uh, and it's not a manual transmission because I would be in trouble. I know how to drive <laughs> stick, but it's like you driving stick for one thing is not something you normally do, and then two, they're putting you on the other side of the it's car like on the other and side chewing of gum at
1: the same time over there, and that. Yeah, be... but then
0: it's like walking chewing gum and like walking a balance beam. It's it's gonna be. I really hope I don't get in an accident. I really hope nothing like. Just keep me off the roads over there is a lot of Are
1: you going to tell the people about your playing plans over there, or is that just serve to kind of inspire? They're,
0: it's envy sad. <laughs> and jealousy and anger. It's sad because I'm going to land there probably in like 10 or 12 hours, and it, like my plans are still up in the air. Um, I'm going to land there Saturday morning, um, and I suppose this will probably already be – this will be published early next week, but um, – At which point, I'm going to hang around in St. Andrews. I'll be tired as hell, and I don't really know what I want to do. If I want to go play one of the St. Andrews courses, maybe the new course or the Jubilee course, or if I just want to take a nap or visit the campus. I know it's sad. Don't let people hear you say that. (laughs) Um, Well, I'm going to be playing on Sunday. Uh, A good friend of mine going up to Royal Aberdeen, uh, which is about a three-hour drive from Edinburgh. Uh, so yeah, we're going to be doing a lot of driving on the left side of the road to get there and back, but I'm excited to play that course because, um, I guess that's a course that probably doesn't get as much love as the people that cherish it, wish it would get. It's not in the open road, uh, but it's hosted, it's hosted, uh, plenty of Walker cups. Like it's hosted big time events. I just kind of want to see what that type of level course is. So you've never been over there. I've been over there two years ago for the Trun Open.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. But that was
0: on the other side of the country, like mm-hmm. completely different. Uh, I'll show up at Carnoustie on Monday morning and spend a couple hours there and check that out, and then I'm going to go down to St. Andrews and play the old course for the first time in my life. Uh, thank God I don't have Driver in the bag because I want to mm-hmm. enjoy this round. Driver is fully out of the bag. We're hitting hybrid off every tee, but I think that'll be okay there. At least for what I understand Scottish links to be.
1: I thought that you could just hit Driver anywhere based on that could I've be played also played St. Andrews. I've played it on a simulator and I've played it a lot. Tiger Woods PJ Tour two thousand five. And at that point you could hit Driver, you know, down by the green on most of those par fours. So maybe with hybrid you'll be fine. <laughs> I am not Tiger
0: Woods PJ Tour. That doesn't exactly equate for everybody. Uh one thing about these courses though that I'm excited about is that Brown is good. I love it. I love... We're not even, like, unique. I'm glad we're not unique in this mindset. But green is good, too. But brown is good. People think, a lot of people that will watch this, it'll be, what it'll be, it'll be your common sports fans who are tuning in for the British Open on Saturday morning. They're going to think, what the hell is going on with this golf course? But brown is good,
1: right? Yeah. I mean, I think this is, like, you know, where... We're actually getting into the good stuff here rather than just Sean Zock travel plans. <laughs> the British Open is awesome. We had a little poll circulating around the office this week that I think we'll see on social media uh, sometime in the next few days. Asking people whether they prefer the British Open or the U.S. Open or different writers and editors. It's almost unanimously I think British it's completely Open. I it's unanimous. It might literally be. We'll have to wait till that uh,
0: no all comes
1: out. Yes. I love the U.S. Open. I really do. I think it's so much fun. I loved this year. I thought it was awesome. But the British Open, man, there's just something different about it. And I've got all these fond memories of just growing up, especially when, you know, Tiger was in the thick of things, waking up at 5, 6 a.m. and just going down, posting up on the couch, watching some golf, seeing everything that was happening, everything that had gone on while I was asleep. And uh, now to be covering it, this is my first British Open as a member of the golf media. So I'm psyched about that.
0: Yeah. well, what? You'll end up going over there at some point. It's really cool to be over there because you leave a lot of America behind. You leave a lot of American golf media behind. Not that they're bad in any way, Don't but the, the American fans that are yelling things, you, you leave all that behind. And that's actually a good thing for a golf tournament. A lot of the PGA Tour tournaments have become so corporate. They've become so Americanized in that sense And bigger is better and green is good and we need to throw money at everything. and. There's not that much money in corporate hospitality thrown at the British Open, which is perfect. Like I kind of wish I could go over for the Irish Open and the Scottish Open. It's just that's the kind of stuff that adds to the experience over there. It's not that the US Open is bad. It's just that the British Open is better in many ways. Well, it's
1: just got so much character.
0: Honestly, right now we're so
1: brainwashed by just pro-European, you know, I've just been watching the World Cup, I've been watching Wimbledon. You know, we were talking about this today. We've heard basically just uh, British announcers and English accents on the TV for months. I was even watching the Tour de France the other day. So, I mean, this is like a major European part of the sports schedule right now. And so the British Open is just coming at the perfect time.
0: Yeah, so I'll be at Carnoustie Monday morning, as I said. Uh, One thing I want to do for people, a lot of people that are currently listening probably don't know Carnoustie all that well. It's this is its. I mean, if you count nineteen ninety nine, this is its third open in the last twenty years. But it's only hosted one open in the last fifteen years. So if you're a pretty recent golf fan, you don't know Carnoustie that well. You might know it as Carnasty. um, But so I pulled up the 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 Wikipedia page, and I think this will be a fun little exercise. The introduction to Carnoustie golf links on Wikipedia has various interesting aspects. One of them being the idea of Carnasty. It says, in North America, the course is infamously nicknamed Carnasty, as if no one over in Scotland would ever call it that. <laughs> is that true? Do you think that people in Scotland I've are, ever been are, there, are too but... proper to call it Carnasty? Whatever oh, I don't know if it
1: was too, is that a respect thing, or is it just like they just have this disdain for Americans, like toughen well, up Americans, I think that's maybe play a hard true. golf course and
0: don't whine about it and give it a. Some pithy nickname. That's pretty. That's probably true. Now, fitting in with the open road, uh, according to Wikipedia, golf is recorded as having been played at Carnoustie in the early 16th century. So, yeah, this place is old. There's all kinds of history and have some historic winners that have won opens. Uh, ben Hogan, Gary Player, Tom Watson, and then, of course, Paul Lowry and Padraig Harrington. That's an elite list. Now, next paragraph, Wikipedia, the term Carnoustie Effect. Do you even know what that means? Because I had no idea what the Carnoustie Effect is. According to Wikipedia, it was a big deal in 1999 uh, when the world's best players, many of whom were reared on manicured and relatively winless courses, were frustrated by the unexpected difficulties of the Carnoustie Links, which was compounded by the weather. One much fancied young favorite, a 19-year-old kid named Sergio Garcia of Spain, went straight from the course to his mother's arms crying after shooting an 89 and an 83 in the first two rounds. You've probably seen that photo. You can look Goodness, up Sergio yeah. Garcia, Carnoustie, 1999 yeah. mom, and it's a picture of Sergio in this epic old windbreaker with his arm over his mom's shoulders, uh, clearly beaten down by Carnoustie, a.k.a. Carnasty. And there are a couple of great things about this photo. One, Sergio's wearing a beige Titleist hat. Beige, <laughs> thankfully, lost uh, left... Left the uh the template. The uh, titleist rota. Yeah, the titleist palette uh a long time ago. But the Adidas Windbreaker is, is so retro. Then in the background, also wearing beige, wearing a beige sweater is Doug Ferguson, a young <laughs> chap <laughs> AP writer named Doug Ferguson, notably not wearing a Hawaiian shirt.
1: I don't know if you can I mean, is he going you know, to be wearing a Hawaiian shirt this year? Can you wear a Hawaiian shirt really at Carnoustie? I
0: think he wears it, like, under a jacket.
1: I just can't help Dougie. but think, you know, if only Sergio knew, it
0: was only going to get worse. The best, yeah, I know. The best part about Sergio, the, the Google search, Sergio Garcia, Carnoustie, 1999 mom, is it goes from that photo, the next photo is Sergio... In 2007, at Carnoustie, finishing second. And then the next photo is Sergio winning the Masters. It's like his career at one yeah, search. that's it
1: right there. Because I do think we need to talk about I mean, 99, worth noting, Paul Laurie ended up winning. Six over par, shot 290 for the week. That's just batshit to crazy. To win. That's pretty awesome. Uh, 2007 was a different story. Sergio Garcia arrived at the 72nd hole at eight under par. Made a bogey. Lipped out. Pretty big-time lip out, uh, slipped into a playoff with Patty Harrington. The rest is history. And that was a career-defining moment, at least to that point.
0: Do you think Sergio could show this year? I don't think so, just because the guy hasn't shown, like, incredible form. He hasn't shown winning form this year. You know, all it takes is four great rounds. We know that for all these guys. Sure. But Sergio, he he really kind of just took a little bit of a step back after winning the Masters last year. One of the greatest ball strikers in the world. He's obviously got or opposite form here or at Carnoustie, so you can't knock a guy like you can't. There's there's a certain class of player, and he's within that class. That it doesn't really matter what their form is going into it. They are good enough that if they play good golf, they will win. I'd say he's a, he's within that class. Yeah, I mean he. But...
1: I know. I mean, he missed the cut at the Masters.
0: But... He missed the cut at
1: the U.S. Open. Uh, he actually hit a top ten at the French Open last start out and uh he has good form here from 2007 whatever that's
0: worth at this point that's that see that's worth nothing to me (laughs) that's that's 11 years ago i know that's one thing that golf media can and we're probably perpetrators of it is like you can look at something that happened 10 years ago like Patrick harrington has good juju here but what is that worth to a guy who's is now in his for like well into his forties. Well, it's golf not is such a
1: it's such a hard, much. fickle thing to predict that I think we're just here grasping it. You know, whatever seems obvi- obviously identifiable. Um, and there's been a lot of talk this year about just how baked out Carnoustie is. Being. I love
0: it, but like that was from a photo that kind of that the head of uh, agronomy, I think, or the, the head of the superintendent out there mm-hmm. tweeted out and. That could, gets everyone excited, right? Because that's kind of like the roots of the game, the kind of rustic look. But it, it's going to be a different course next week in some aspects. Like, if it's either it's either going to be drier mm-hmm. or it's going to be wetter. Like, if we get rain, that completely changes things. So, like, you can get excited about what a conditions look like in a
1: photo. I am, I am excited. Yeah, you, you should bring me down. You should,
0: but like, wait till you see photos on Tuesday.
1: I know. That's I agree. I agree. I don't think we know for sure. I mean, we know there are always overreactions going into majors about course conditions things get oversimplified you know we heard things were going to be too crazy at Aaron Hills last year obviously that was not the case but i mean the perfect combo to me would be if we get a baked out golf course where things are tricky the greens are never crazy 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 fast where it's you know US Open style balls rolling off the green or anything but if we could see a situation where It starts off firm and fast. Guys are playing the ball on the ground, doing all their linksy things, and then we get a little wet and wild, sideways winds, you know, coming off the water, really tricky, challenging, difficult golf. I think that that's what's so cool about Carnoustie, it demands a full range of shots. Even, you know, reading what different experts have to say going into this week, you've got some guys saying, oh, we tiger can hit iron everywhere this is just going to be like when he won at Hoylake. lake then there's other people saying this course really favors uh yeah speaking of attributing 15 years ago to strategy now but then there's other people saying the people that are going to play well here are guys that can hit it long and straight guys that are bombers and, and tiger has not been someone that's been a long straight bomber for a while yeah. um so it's kind of interesting. Certainly ball striking is going to be emphasized, but also this cleverness, this uh, good touch. And you saw it at the U.S. Open, which is a different style course, but certainly had that firm and fast element to it. You need someone that is going to be extremely precise when the conditions get tricky like this. Of course, this all depends on what the course actually plays like.
0: Yeah, uh, a couple names at least to, to keep in mind. You, just, you can't forget about these guys, and we will. Sometime this week, we'll get enamored with what Jordan Spieth says in the press conference, with what Tiger Woods says in a press conference, Rory says in a press conference, and we'll start thinking about the, like, the top four or five guys. But remember who has won the last group of majors? Like, Kepka has won two of them. Yeah. Patrick Reed yep. plays his ass off and wins the Masters. Tommy Fleetwood nearly wins the Open. He's the one with the course record at Carnegie mm-hmm. He shot nine under last year. There, that is one thing that it is so easy to do in these majors is to think, mm, DJ, Rory, Speed, JT. When in reality, like the next layer of guys are the guys yeah. that are pushing these dudes. That's who it's been.
1: It's been guys. You know, if you're a bit of a punter looking at your British Open odds this week, it has been the guys in that sort of twenty-five to fifty to one range that so, have been winning. So what are
0: the odds? Majors,
1: like? honestly. I was struck by just how wide open it is. There is a a clear favorite, I'd say, going into this week. That's Dustin Johnson. But even he's only at 12 to 1.
0: Yeah. So Uh,
1: We're looking at GolfOds.com, which is kind of the bellwether for a lot of different uh, bookmakers. But after DJ, the next biggest favorites are Rory McIlroy, Ricky Fowler, Justin Rose. I mean, Rory's not exactly in form. Ricky Fowler has never quite had it at a
0: major. The fact that those guys are the second favorites is Yeah, know. there's a lot of popularity contests going on there. I it's it to the I I cannot understand why Brooks Kepka is not on everyone's radar. Every freaking tournament that he plays in. He plays the major so damn well He's the fourth ranked player in the world yeah. and just happened to win the biggest tournament in the world last month. Like mm-hmm. I know that I've spent some time with Brooks and you guys chide me for like That's favoritism boy. there. But the guy's incredible. Like he can win everywhere. I don't get why he's not on everyone's radar as a top three or four favorite.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean he's not far off of it. But if you look at who he's even with, if you told me two guys at twenty to one, Brooks Kepka or John Rom, I'm taking Brooks Kepka. Every single chance I can get in terms of that matchup. The
0: last time Kepka missed a cut, are you scared to hear this? The <laughs> Arnold, the Arnold Palmer play. Invitational in 2017. Yeah. Last March. Now I know he was hurt. He took he, a little. He, time he took some off. time off. But that's that's a clear 20 events ago. The dude doesn't like he's, he's a phenomenal golfer. Yeah. And he's still like until he wins another major and gets his third. He has more majors. Dustin Johnson, more majors than Justin Thomas, more majors than Sergio and Pat. Like to have two in the past six is is something that people aren't really giving him enough credit for.
1: And his record at the majors is even more impressive than his I mean, he turns it up. He seems like it takes a whole lot to get his blood pressure going. And it seems like something about the majors gets him a little more engaged. I would be shocked if he doesn't play well this week. But it does seem like, you know, look, some of these top guys Speeth is among the Favorites as he should be, defending champion, but he certainly is not. He is
0: struggling. Full
1: form at all? I mean, gosh, you look at people have talked a lot about it. I think even Sean Zock is now a believer that Jordan Spieth is officially struggling with his
0: putter. Oh, it definitely is. Oh, I I wrote a column about that going into the Masters, saying that his tournament will be defined by the putter. He goes out and shoots six under on the first day, then backs up while other people go low on the second day makes a charge on Sunday, but his putter ultimately was the thing that was make or break with him. Yeah. And that has been his, the entire theme of his, his season. His ball striking is incredible.
1: And yet, would you be shocked if he comes out here no. and it looks like everyone is hitting the bunch of shots to 20, 25 feet? We know Jordan Spieth from 15 to 25 feet is otherworldly, at least historically. It wouldn't be shocking if he comes out, and makes a bunch of long putts and is right no. in the mix and, and you know, maybe wins this thing. So in,
0: in that vein, he is one of like four people that can be playing like dog shit and then just when you doubt him, he turns it on and wins a tournament. I know, man. So that's just like looking down
1: this, there's just so many guys that it wouldn't be surprising if they contended. Mark Leishman. Phil Mickelson would be an interesting one. Paul Casey will probably be in the mix. I bet Alex Noren will be there somewhere. You know, the all these guys why, that aren't even top 10 favorites that are,
0: you know, you'd expect to contend. It, it, it feels wide open because Carnoustie is this other beast. You know, you don't play it often. Only guys that are playing in the Dunhill links mm-hmm. are actually really seeing this course in a competitive fashion. So there's no course favoritism. And then on top of that, when was the last time that like a really big player won? Dustin Johnson hasn't won since prior to the US Open. Rory hasn't won. Rory hasn't really didn't do anything at the Irish Open. You look at Phil and Tiger. You know, it's just like these guys are just having like little blips on the radar. So there isn't any odds favoritism of recency bias either. That's why it's so wide open.
1: Yeah, no, you're you get exactly some really right. good action. Do you remember, I mean, it wasn't so long ago we were going into the Masters saying, This is the best freaking tournament we've ever seen. Look at the lead up you've gotten. Bubba Watson winning, Justin Thomas winning, Phil Mickelson winning, Dustin Johnson winning, Rory winning, and then it was like, here comes the Masters. And the
0: man in pink,
1: Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed. But then, you know, ever since then, we saw one more Jason Day win, we did see a Justin Rose win, Um, we saw DJ uh, win at the the FedEx St. Jude, but you know, besides, there are some guys in form. There's a Francesco Molinari. There's Bubba Watson.
0: Those guys are available. Bubba Watson actually available. Russell Knox, add him to the list. Yeah, he's Russell actually Knox. had a really good summer so far. But other than that, man, the cover is kind of bare for guys that you expect to win. Yeah. So even though every tournament is like this, I don't know. Like I got I've got no got really nothing. good prediction. I I really have liked what Brandon Grace has played like this year. I yeah. think that's the pick I made for the website. But yeah, I mean we could really be in for something completely off the wall, which is which is in its own right pretty great.
1: I was ready to uh go all in on Henrik Stenson playing well and then he's That's out awesome. with an injury. Uh he's I expect that he'll play, but you know, probably tough to push all the chips in with him. Bryson DeChambeau just withdrew uh from the giants. Everyone's falling apart. People <laughs> our pets' heads are falling off. <laughs> Tiger Woods. We haven't really touched on him except in passing. Except everyone coming out of the woodwork to say he's going to hit 3-iron, 4-iron everywhere, just like he yeah. did at Hoy Lake.
0: It is, uh, it's intimidating to ask Tiger a question in his press conference, but I want to get up the courage to ask him on Tuesday during his presser, Tiger, Like I know you always say you wouldn't show up unless you felt like you could win, but what aspects of your game tell you that you could win here? Like, what, what makes sense for you here? When you look at this course, why does it make sense that you could win here? I know you're not going to walk away if you don't feel like you can win, but, like, what aspects? Can I the tell you why? Why? He's hitting the ball great. He continues to flags it well. He's got
1: this new putter that, I don't know. I mean, I've played some golf. I've never even played in the British Isles, but. Everyone's saying, you know, Tiger can play well here. He doesn't have to worry about his putts coming back. He, he, he'll he putt well in these That's slower degrees. That's such an greens. optimistic
0: group thing. I know I'm
1: giving you the optimism, though. He's going to hit it great. It's okay if he's a little off because even though he has not been hitting it in the fairway, it sounds like the rough is low enough that you can play from there. And if you've got, you know, the right experience, you've got the right Uh, strategy. You've got the right technique from this rough. You can figure out the flyers. You can figure out how to negotiate that. The British Open has been pretty good to older players recently. Most of the older winners of major championships in the last 10 or 15 years have been, uh, they've all come across the pond. Uh, So this in some ways is going to be a pretty good look for him. At the same time, obviously the expectations are inflated because it's Tiger. If you look at the other names that are listed at that 20 to one number, Talking about Justin Thomas, Tommy Fleetwood, Brooks Kepka, John Rahm. I think I would take Tiger over John Rom. Wow. But over the other guys? Wow. Over the number
0: five player in the world.
1: Yeah. I think that Tiger is I would take him over John Rom. But John I, Rom's you know, last
0: two starts. T five at the French Open, T four at the Irish Open. Yeah, he's a good player. He's, he's a good, great he's player. A good player. He's something he's someone that people have to pay attention to. You can just see him just pumping driver dead straight.
1: He, Kepka, and DJ seem like they're the three guys that when they're just hitting driver just on a line like that, no one else does it.
0: Yeah. Now, another thing about the experience at the British Open is uh, that you kind of leave America behind is that you get tucked into these tiny towns. Like, I went to Troon. Troon is this, it felt like there were three bars in the entire town. And, like, (laughs) Carnoustie itself, everyone I've talked to said, don't bother staying at Carnoustie like you don't think about staying in a hotel or even an Airbnb there like your proximity will be worth nothing to you other than the golf course there's not much over there and even when you you look at the actual Carnoustie city wikipedia page it's like this place is well known for one thing and one thing only and that is the (laughs) Lynx golf course so what where are you staying how far away are you gonna be staying in Dundee which is okay approximately like a 20 minute drive uh West Jeez. of Carnoustie. It's going so, to be a test every day. Of every those. day. wrong yes. side of the road. So, mm-hmm. what are you going
1: to eat? What did you eat when you were in Trim? Did you go to the oh, local God. pubs or did you?
0: What did you do? I like dabbling. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Pub Grub, your bangers and mash. That stuff is great. That's a lot of Wisconsinite in that. But like the media food is really a gamble every single day. Haggis can go to hell if you're asking me. Um, there are things that look appetizing that aren't and then things that aren't don't look appetizing that are like the uh there was a uh, like a fish pot pie a couple years ago that I had like three servings of that day I was starving and it was phenomenal so it's really up in the air you don't have a lot of america injected into any of it which is good but in the evening time when you're in these tiny little towns that's the tricky part is that they're not used to hosting hundreds of thousands of people that have come there for this event that's so cool that's probably the coolest part about it though huh? well it's cool and there's a great hang and like the bars might stay open later and you see a lot of people that are golf people the players have to go out if they want to go out to eat they have to go to these places that you'll see like the first first night out in Troon, phil mickelson was there having dinner not far from us uh honor bon lahiri went to the same place that we got our indian food at and, uh, Adam Scott was there, like these guys end up getting their photos taken with the cooks because these, they come through once a decade. Like it's a pretty cool vibe in that aspect. But when you leave the course at 10 PM or 11 PM after working all day, you're kind of looking around for quick food and that's where you need America most. Yeah. Cause <laughs> it's not quick over there. And sometimes it's just not even open.
1: I know, man. Well, it sounds. I kind of like that idea, though, that there's just not that many places to go. Everyone's kind of in the same boat, trying to find a good spot to end up. But uh, yeah, it is great. Long day at the media center. I know you're going to be over there with uh, working with Michael Bamberger, Alan Shipnook. Hopefully, get them on the podcast for one of their traditional uh, major review pods.
0: Yeah, it'll be good. Uh, Shipluck's over in Ireland right now. He's playing Royal Portrush like a spoiled brat. That guy, man. And the schedule in, that <laughs> that guy gets around majors. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's jealousy-inducing, that's for sure. But he, that's, that's the other best thing about making a trip over for it is you don't want to do it just for the week of. Or if you do it for the week of, you don't want to be at the tournament every day. That's one thing that yeah. I'll, I'll be there every day. Uh, if you're a, as a fan going over to do this, fly there on the Monday of the week of. If you want to take in a practice round, go for it. Make sure you get a tournament round, or a ticket for the weekend. But in between, take an hour day trip and go yeah. play a course that, that you've heard of but you never really thought of playing. I think like, that's so well said because this kind of gets to
1: it. And I think this is why we like the British Open so much is that it's like what we're jealous of. It's this – it feels like, you know, very familiar because we've spent so much time watching it. But a lot of us have never been over there to play this style of golf. And we're sort of vicariously living through these other American pros that we feel like we spend a lot of time with, spend a lot of time watching. We're seeing them go over and immerse themselves mm-hmm. in this different experience. And and so you're totally right that, you know, I think that's a little bit of it. It feels like a kind of a, you're like watching a buddy's trip in, in yeah. some weird way. And for people that do get to go over and spectate and combine it with, playing some of these cool courses and then going to watch some of the action. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. I, I'm really, I really want to get there next year.
0: One yeah. of these next few years. The, uh, the tour guys actually make buddies trips. Really though. They like, they're over there. I know some of them are over there right now. They're not even playing the Scottish open, but uh Kepka and DJ will probably get a house together. I think yeah. Jimmy Walker teams up with those guys on a house. I know Fowler and speed have stayed in the same house uh, with Duffner in past years. And you so. see them play an early morning round at the open, and then they'll go home and they're like playing wiffle ball in the backyard. They have co- uh, cooks that they'll fly in for it. There's Kepka's cook is the same cook uh, for Dustin Johnson and, and Spieth and Jimmy Walker, and so he's cooking them all American food the entire week, so to kind of keep them informed. <laughs> but when you think about the golf courses surrounding, I mean, think about what we we just talked about this afternoon, the PGA at Bell Reeve. that's in Saint or just outside of St. Louis. And we're, we're looking at each other, we're like, well, what course around there would we want to play? Yep. And we're like, well, I got nothing. I have got nothing. Inside of an hour of St. Louis, maybe we're just not paying much attention to the Missouri golf. Yeah, Gulf. we're insulting all of our Missouri I'm, fans at the moment. I'm sorry, but, but, there, but like, I want to play, like, an elite course near Belle Reve. Is there going to be one open for me? I'm not sure. Like, I got to... I ran down and played Pinehurst on the way to Quill Hollow sure. last year. If you want to go to Whistling Straits, you can jet over to Black Wolf Run mm-hmm. or Aaron Hills. You make these combos out of these major trips, and I, there's no greater combo than what you can do at, at the British Open. Well, because most
1: of it is accessible, too, right? You can get to, as far as public courses around Missouri, you know, there's some cool play. You could play at St. Louis Country Club. You know, you're not getting in there. You can play Boone Valley Golf Club, you're not getting in there. Yeah, Uh, There's options that are sort of out of the way, but I don't think we're getting there. But when you're over across the pond, it's a different story. Different story. So I saw uh, we've been talking a little bit about, are you going to do any investing? No, uh, I won't. I'll, I'll, I'll
0: invest for my coworkers.
1: Yeah. I have some morals, damn it. I know. Journalistic integrity, for one thing. That's right. I appreciate that. Did you get me in the
0: bookie, man? That, that, that rule might go right out the door. Yeah.
1: <laughs> if you had
0: to, is there any one that you would be investing in this week? I would tend to go with JT or Brooks. Not going for a long shot just because I don't have the odds right in front of me. But I'm telling you, man, if I would be most shocked. I would be less shocked that, uh, that some no-namer won yeah. than, than if Brooks Koepka played poorly. He's just so damn consistent. The same goes for Justin Thomas. His worst performance in like the past like ten months is tying for like 50th at the Travelers. Like I said at the U.S. Open, these guys have the highest floor. Like their their worst golf is just so damn good. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of time before they they play enough events. They're going to win one of them. That's how good they are. So I would, you know, JT's got some popularity in the books. I would go with, with Brooks. What is he at, like, 20-to-1? 20-to-1. You can actually get either of those guys
1: at 20-to-1. So you like, might That's a just robbery, man. Step into your and local estate. The thing over
0: there for American fans that don't really get over there is not only is it 100% legal and already, like, integrated into society, mm-hmm. but they have a two-way bet, or they call it an each-way bet, mm. where um, you obviously will get quite the payout if they win, but you also get paid out if they finish in the top 5. You don't yeah. get paid out as well as the the normal odds if they win, but if they finish tied for fourth, then you get paid out very well or you know, you get your your money back and then some probably. I got someone that I like for each way, especially. Each I way. Think. Yeah.
1: That's my boy Mark Leachman. Oh gosh, yeah, I totally agree. 40 to 1 and just remains maybe the most underrated player in yeah. the world. Yeah. Um
0: so I think the each way bet pays out like Maybe like five spots, and it might be like a fifth of the payout. So like, if you throw down twenty dollars on him, yeah. at forty to one with an each way bet, you'll get like the top five. I think you get paid out, you know, eight eight to one. So it'd be one hundred sixty bucks. I love that. Something love like love that. that. Don't quote yeah. me on that.
1: We won't. We're not a math podcast here. Mark Leishman is just a guy that I like in, in tough conditions. I like him to just hang in there. You know, he's, he, he's not a guy that looks like Brooks Kepka. I think that that is why he gets overlooked sometimes. But his he's kind of a gentle field. giant, but he's really good off the tees. Solid, really, in all facets of his game. He's got those good, soft hands around the green. He's not a guy that gets rattled. I just think he's got a good disposition for a course that could be challenging, uh, where he could see a variety of conditions. And He's good, not great. There's everywhere. no
0: holes in his game. And, and that's what Jordan Spieth is at times, like, you know, if you can play like that guy, you can win a lot of golf tournaments and Leishman painfully close to winning at St Andrews. Write me a little script for Sunday afternoon as yeah. not as a
1: not as a better, as an investor, but something that you would like yeah. to see. So the world down. the
0: world's gonna freak out when Brooks Kapka a holds a two shot lead through uh through eighteen holes. Uh and I think it's gonna be Brooks getting pushed by someone like Mark Leishman. And then uh, I'm I'm getting ready for Poulter to get his oh. to get his major major charge not be screwed over by a, a triple bogey or whatever he yeah. had at, at Shinnecock, um, yeah. Poulter, Leishman, and Kepka duking it out. Kepka wins his second major of the year. That sounds great
1: to me. Sounds I'm into to it.
0: Play. All right, let me walk you through just a couple of
1: dreams of mine. One would just be Sergio Garcia in contention. We get. Flashback shot after flashback oh, yeah. shot of his lip out putt in 2007. Give me that. Option number two, obviously, seeing Tiger in contention would be must-see TV. Super compelling. I think there's a good yeah, chance. Winning that the lottery be,
0: would be fun, too.
1: Yeah, I think that there's a pretty good chance that he's going to be in the mix, in the top 10. He's. Man, it doesn't feel like he's quite ready to win this tournament right now. It really doesn't. Tiger but,
0: makes a cut on the number, shoots like... 69-68 on <laughs> the weekend, finishes top 25, grabs some a, points. He's been a really good Saturday player this year. Um,
1: and then another just thing I would like to see, I'd love to see Jordan Spieth get hot with the putter, and I think we'll have just a fantastic tournament, especially if the weather gets a little bit interesting we see these guys really challenged in different ways that you're going to see this week at the John Deere Classic, Whew. where Steve Wheatcroft is currently tearing apart the golf course and and so I'm just fired up man I think that this is a time of the year where you can really look ahead to the open championship and just say all right, let's get to that one
0: let's get through these uh, in between events uh, I'm bored with those predictions myself but we don't have any more time I have a flight to catch so Dylan thank you that was the golf.com podcast it's time for me to go catch my flight go play some golf over there and hopefully make you jealous we